Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Mary Ann Live. Uh, yep, yeah, you're in the right place. And I'm smiling really big because uh, today's my birthday. And usually I celebrate my birthday for an entire month. I don't know about you. Uh, and it's just kind of launching. Actually, that's not true. I sort of started celebrating early. Actually, I think the truth is I celebrate my birthday for as long as anybody who doesn't know it's my birthday thinks it's a good idea to celebrate my birthday. So that could last for two months. Anyway, the point is is I just think celebrating is really fun, and I'll pretty much come up with any excuse to celebrate. And uh, today is no different. If you're tuning in for the first time, we're so glad you're joining us here on Marion Live. Uh, you are in for another treat. Not that my birthday is a treat for you. Uh, but the other bit is, is after 11 years, I'm changing the format of our show. So you're tuning in right when we're going to try something new. If you like change, that's fun and exciting. We're going to do some of the same stuff we normally do if you're joining us again and again. And you're like, hey, what are we doing here? We're still going to have uh, experts and human potential leaders on the program, but we're going to be focusing in drilling down on some of the things that I've been working on for the last 30 years in the realm of relationships. Um, I'm a relationship specialist. I have been interested in human dynamics, uh, relationship dynamics, and so forth. Um, as far back as I can remember, I started out in this industry at 18 years old when it wasn't cool, right? It was a still kind of a why would you want to help people, was I remember in the 80s, some of uh, the people I knew <laughs> actually said that to me. Um, so, but I haven't looked back and have some really fascinating and um, interesting perspectives on relationships. And we want to get a little bit deeper here on the program after 11 years. So uh, that's what we're going to be doing. But for sure at the top of the hour, I'm going to invite you into practice. Practice, practice, practice. This is the way I have found over my entire adult life how to turn information which we gather, right, experience which we gather over our lives, the span of our lives, uh, into uh, ways that can inform us towards creating the lives that we uh, want to be more fulfilling, healthy, sustainable. Right, versus spinning out unconscious patterns again and again. The way to interrupt those patterns is through practice. So as a relationship advocate, I stand for cultivating practice. So you might already have a great practice, and you tune in because you like to add uh, 
pieces or just practice you like our vibe here and some of our guests. If you're sort of um, somewhere else on the spectrum and you're sort of changing up your practice, we're going to be doing um, some exercises and things throughout the programs um, that will add to your practice and maybe even if for just this one hour. And for those of you who are starting out, like, wow, I don't really have a practice. I'm interested. Um, you can you know, sort of take what you like and leave the rest. So, so let's begin there with the practice. Um, I would invite you to arrive, to bring your attention to arriving. Transitions in life or something in the Western culture in particular, we, we don't take a lot of time with anymore. We have to move from place to place, from task to task, um, several tasks at once without really pausing in a conscious way and bringing our attention to what we're letting go of, the space in between, and what we're moving towards. So just taking this moment to notice the momentum that brought you to this moment, noticing it in your body, finding your breath, allowing yourself, your awareness to kind of grow and notice the quality of your breath, even feeling the sensation of air moving through your nostrils, through your mouth. The air is cool, coming out of your mouth or warm. Noticing where your breath is in your body, is it in your belly? Just filling up your lungs. And then noticing what's happening to the rest of your body. Is it relaxing you, settling you? Are you feeling innervated? Maybe it's giving you energy. Is something stirring? Just noticing this method of inquiry is noticing and cultivating that witness. What's happening as I arrive fully, mind, body, and soul in my body? And just allowing yourself to come into each moment expanded, settled, whatever you notice about yourself. I like to say that when we get present, we can receive presence with an S, drop the C, the gift of this moment. Just these small transitions are such an opportunity, but we have to practice, right? Moving from this to that. When I get moving too fast, I'm doing 80 in a school zone, you know, parenthetically. I miss a lot. You know, we make mistakes. We make choices that we wished we hadn't. And, you know, the truth of the matter is I think that uh, the tortoise and the hare story, right, they both get there. You're going to be one minute late versus three minutes late, sometimes two. I mean, the difference isn't that much, but the peace of mind is, is really worth 
trying to cultivate for me. Um, yeah, just allowing yourself another moment with that breath and arriving. There you go. And then we're going to work on cultivating a shift in our perspective. You might already be feeling grateful in this moment. If you are, let's see if you can expand that for the rest of us, wherever you are, in terms of your relationship with gratitude in this moment. I'm going to invite you to find your way through a portal uh, an inqu uh, using an inquiry question, who helps make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? Or something that you've done today? Are you turning your attention to any one thing who brought you drove you, picked you up, dropped you off, whatever electronic device I like to say that you're using, all of the little contraptions that we have, uh, little purses for our phones, little you know, cords. I'm going to just look around and notice, wow, what it takes for you to do what you do every day. And then follow that to the next place. Who helped create those things from the inception? Who invented them? Who took their time to spec it out, to plan it out, to create funding, to get all those people together, going through all of the red tape, the investment, the time, the energy, all the way down, without any judgment, just, wow, loads and loads of people that were involved. So we can really pull that microscope out and start to get a sense of the force of human nature that it takes for anything or activity we do. Even if you're in nature, what shoes are you wearing? Who made your shoes? I was in Ojai recently. And uh, met a dear friend, best friend, who actually teaches people how to make their own sandals. I love this guy, Jeff. If you're listening, hey, Jeff. And he teaches people how to make their own sandals. But it's a, a labor, you know, cutting the leather and sewing it and learning how and so forth, right? Just taking this moment to find a place some way in where you can get a sense of how supported you are, even if you feel alone, the universe is supporting you, other people, while they might be invisible, you bring them into view, you start to get a sense of the support, this expanded support that you have. You can start to feel the connection we all have, helping each other, Just letting yourself experience and see, experiencing that shift in awareness, noticing if that affects your le the level of gratitude you feel, and, and then building on that and maybe picking something else, people who have supported you with their emotional support, their financial support, their intellectual support, and just noticing that how relationships are so inextricably linked to gratitude. Yeah. So I'm going to go down my list of folks who make this program possible. For the last 
11 years Open Secret Bookstore at the local level in San Rafael, California. They've got the latest in meditation and revelation. I can't tell you how grateful I am for them. I remember, gosh, almost 30 years ago going into that bookstore and really just saying a prayer and, and looking for a book to speak to me, curling up in a corner somewhere reading about who knows what, some esoteric idea, some Jungian theory. I mean, you name it, I was interested, gathering information, feeling safe at Open Secret Bookstore, feeling so grateful for them coming together in the thousands of books and, and they actually take books that people no longer want to have in their possession and they want to pass on. It's a beautiful place. They've also got seven days a week, something going on in the nighttime and a cafe. Check them out if you're in town in Northern California. At the national level, we're sponsored by the National Action Organization, committed to changing the way our culture values each other. Yep. Super grateful for that organization, actually. I was a part of founding that organization uh, over 14 years ago. Um, wanted to make sure that on my watch in my community that uh, women in particular had a way to expand their capacity to um, sustain their lives in the survival realm so they didn't have to um, go beyond uh, their integrity to get their needs met. Sometimes we, uh, life meets us in unexpected ways. A partner leaves, passes away, we become ill, a child comes, and we don't have the kind of support we need. We started this organization uh, that women could come to, um, get the support, and then pay it forward. And so we've been working with this group for 14 years. We're so grateful they support this program. And then at the, oh, by the way, that's N-A-C-T-I-O-N.org. And at the global level, the One World Children's Fund.org, uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. Uh, they envision a world where we act together as a global community to ensure all children have education, health care, and a safe home. They are our honorary sponsor. We are delighted uh, to be in a relationship with them. I also wanted to take uh, a moment, speaking of gratitude, and thank uh, all of the folks for the last 11 years. Uh, I remember my first show, my producer actually interviewed me, which was terrifying. I was, uh, oh my gosh, I can still recall where I was. I was pacing around, and he was just lovely and sort of practically taught me everything I know about this industry. and. And I never looked back. Um, one interview at a time uh, found fascinating people that I was hoping would help enhance your life. Um, people doing authentic and real work uh, in the world on themselves that were committed to service, committed to helping you attract and create healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships starting with yourself. My list has encompassed um, human potential leaders, spiritual masters and teachers, practitioners, therapists, body workers, psychics, um, uh, academics. The list is long, and my sense of gratitude is beyond. And, uh, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed our program these, this last decade and then some, and are with us as we transition to something new, to something 
a little deeper, and not that we weren't going deep, but a little bit deeper in terms of dropping into that nitty-gritty, those places that we think about but people don't often talk about, um, addressing areas that are a little bit more sensitive, um, and how to bring practice there, not just ideas, but how we implement those ideas. So uh, the rest of this program, for example, we're going to be working with the very, uh, very potent issue of how clutter affects our relationships and our health. And why this came up with me as a topic was my husband and I, our youngest moved out, and we had this very uh, lengthy, it felt like forever, about a three-month period where we felt like all of our stuff was suffocating us. And we were paying attention to uh, stuff, uh, excess stuff, uh, visual clutter, uh, how it affected our relationship, the tension that it created between us. Uh, and I started asking friends and colleagues and other people and reading books and so forth, and we came across Dr. Susan Bartell's study, uh, how clutter affects our relationships and our health. Um, and we're going to be talking with her when we come back after the break. So, yeah, think about it. You know, move your stuff, change your life. That was an author we interviewed uh, forever ago here on Marion Live. Um, but when we clear things away, this is a, a physical representation, but, but what are things for us? What do they represent? What kind of charge do they have? The, the items, James Hillman would call them the aesthetics of the world. And they have soul and energy and history and relationship. And, and what do they mean in our relationship? What do your things mean for you? And how are they affecting your relationship? Uh, Dr. Susan Bartell is a nationally recognized psychologist, consultant, and multi-award winning author based in uh, suburban New York. She's a highly sought-after speaker. Uh, she lectures nationally on a broad range of topics. But today we're going to be talking about clutter and her study uh, on clutter, the Wakefield Research Quick Read Report for Sparefoot. I've got it online. We'll share it with you at Marion Live, or you send us an inquiry, info at marionlive.com, and we'll shoot it out to you. But when we come back, we're going to talk about if you've ever gone head-to-head -head with your significant other over what to pack and what to trash. Um, you know, and most of us Americans here anyway uh, will admit that, if we knew there wouldn't be a consequence, we'd get rid of some of our significant other stuff, their possessions. And also we're going to talk about uh, why are you keeping your stuff? Uh, are you hiding anything, stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff we're going to uncover when we come back. Right after these messages, don't touch that dial, everybody. We'll be right back. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. 
proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. All right, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're here. Joining us in just a minute here is Dr. Susan Bartell. I was telling you about her uh, before the break. She did some research on how clutter affects our relationships and our health. We're going to be talking with her for the rest of the program. Just as a reminder, I was telling you I was interested in this subject because our youngest was moving out, and we were in such a shift, and there was so much stuff around. I mean, the garage... We didn't even want to open the garage door because it actually physically made us feel so uncomfortable, like we wanted to crawl out of our skin. So I started sort of, you know, kind of uh, trolling around seeing who was talking about clutter and can it really affect your relationship because my husband and I were spending some serious time trying to manage the tension that it was creating between us. So, Dr. Bartell, thanks for joining us here on Mary and I. We're so glad you, you had time for Thank us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So tell us, how did you make this connection? Because I had my own personal experience. What are you doing studying relationships and clutter? How did that, how did that come together? <laughs> well, the this, this survey was done by Sparefoot, which is a moving company, and they were really interested in understanding the impact of clutter and moving on relationships. And they had me get involved to help them analyze the data and really kind of do the dig deep dig deep into what is going on with people and clutter. And to be honest with you, in my practice, it's one of the most common arguments that people have. Really? Yes. Oh, get more specific. Like what? They come and say, well, oh, my God, his stuff is everywhere. He won't put his stuff in the laundry. Like what? So there's different things that happen. One is that, that they leave laundry lying around. But that's not clutter so much. That's just mess. 
The issue with clutter is that one is a collector, and one likes to have a very neat, tidy house with nothing on any surface. And that's generally what the arguments are about, that one, one person feels more comfortable, usually that's how they grew up, with stuff around them. It feels safe to them. It feels nurturing to have so much stuff around them. But the other person, sometimes that makes them anxious to have too much stuff. So it's really about understanding people's personalities. And in a couple who are living together, who are going to live together when they're a young couple, or roommates even, it can really be stressful for the, the two people. So do you think when people first get together, at least this is my theory over the years, people are always sort of leading with the, the archetypal best self, right? Like yeah. the person who is agreeable and you think, oh, no problem, and then all of a sudden, 90 days, six months later, you're like, oh, that bugs me. A year later, you're angry. Five years later, you're resentful, right? Something like that. Yes, yeah, something like that. I think you're definitely right that people put their best foot forward when they're just starting a relationship and when they're just going to move in together. But some of it, I think, is that it's not only that they're putting their best foot forward, but they, they truly will change over time. Or they haven't lived, say, away from their parents, so they don't even know what their true self is. Sometimes they go from their parents' house to living with um, a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a husband, wife, and so they haven't even explored that aspect of themselves. Uh, you know, some people are messy and didn't know they were messy because their mom is always cleaning up after them until they move out and realize they're messy. Right. Compared to me, right? You're a slob compared to me. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. And right. It, right. I what? think it tends to be men who are messier than women. Is that right? I love that statistic. Oh, yeah. Not always. But <laughs> why do you, you think know, that one is? Of the, yeah, one, I don't know why that is. I, like a spatial I, probably, awareness? Is it a survival thing? Well, men actually have better spatial awareness if we want to get into that. So it's probably not that. It's probably more that women sort of um, model themselves after their moms, and the moms who are always the ones cleaning up. And men and boys tend to model themselves after their fathers who are the ones being cleaned up after. I mean, it's, a, it's very stereotypic, and I think that's changing in, with younger couples. Mm-hmm, but in, mm-hmm. in older generations, I think that was always the case, that the women are the yeah. ones doing the tidying, cleaning, dishwashing. I was just thinking about that. My, our youngest is the tidy one in his relationship, and he always was complaining about how she had stuff everywhere. She's an artist, so she needed uh, all of her space. Yeah. So you're right. So that's even different. They apply and then they don't. What did we find in the study, the square foot survey? So, you know, a lot of different things. The one that I, I think is really interesting, um, and it sort of goes along with what we're just talking about, is that the, the survey found that 60% of men will stop their significant other from throwing out something they want to keep. And that, <laughs> and that the women will, if given the opportunity, I mean, this is, this is actually the funniest thing I found. The women, given the opportunity, will throw something out, without telling, not only the women, but actually either side, will throw something out without telling the other person if, they, if there's no risk of them being found out. That's right. Ninety percent, ninety percent of Americans would sneak something into the garbage belonging oh, yeah. to the other person. Oh, yeah, and I know. I can hear, I can hear everybody's little balloons popping up on the thing that you threw out. Uh, yeah. The thing, I can tell you the thing I want to throw out is my husband's purple sweater. Really bad. His purple I mean, sweater? Every year... Yeah, he's got this purple sweater that's like looks like uh, who who is that cartoon character? I don't even know. You know that that big stuffed animal that all the oh Barney, 
Yes. Right? It's like his dirty yes. sweater. That sounds like a hard thing like... to throw out, though. Because <laughs> it's well, only one purple sweater. <laughs> it's not really clutter, <laughs> but I do want to throw it out. I, so. I think that's common. I, I've been known to throw out magazines that have been sitting for, in, you know, my husband wants to collect every single magazine that he's ever received yeah. in his whole life and never throw them out. I've been known to throw some of those out. Yeah. How about when Harry met Sally? Remember that scene where they're getting together and he's got that wheel table? And they're fighting, yes. right? In and out, in and out. Yeah, like like I that. Do and, it, and it ultimately it went. Or the chair, right. the chair that's been around forever. Okay, what else did we find in this study? Um, so the other thing we found is that for a lot, if we're talking about moving in together, you know, young mm -hmm. couples in particular moving in together, because that's really what the Sparefoot study focused on. Mm -hmm. that, they, that the people found that it is harder to move in with somebody else than it is to plan a wedding. Wow. And that wow. millennials have their worst arguments as a couple when they're moving together. Oh, wow. So isn't more that interesting? That. Yeah, I think well, that's why, why do we think, think that's that is? Uh, you know, probably they haven't had that many challenges before as a couple, you know, in that beginning phase yeah. of the relationship where they're having fun, you know, going out together and apple picking and having, yeah. you know, cooking. And, but when they have to move in together, it, there's so much minute decision-making, where yeah. things are going to go, what you're going to keep, what you're not going to keep, what you're going to put in storage, what you're going to throw out, so many decisions. And I think when it comes to planning a wedding, I remember we discussed this when we were talking about the survey. Um, someone was asking me why I thought, because everyone thinks planning a wedding is so so difficult. I think for a lot of people, their parents are involved in planning their wedding. Mm -hmm. And they don't do as much decision making as when they have to move together, where it's 100% the young couple making all the decisions. I think well, some of the, the decision making for a wedding is diluted by mom saying, look, this is our budget and I want roses. And since yeah. I'm paying for it, I'm having roses. <laughs> That's a really great point, too, right? And you can't, like, do it on your phone. You have to look at each other. You have to sort yes. stuff out. You have to actually be You have to sort stuff related. out. stand in the apartment together. You have to balance the, the unpacking of the boxes with going to work every day. Yeah. You have to, you know, you come home at the end of the day. Everyone's exhausted. I think it's real life. I think moving yeah. in together is so much about real life. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's and, and a wedding is something much more temporary, you know, kind of yeah. ephemeral, um, romantic. But moving in with another person and, right. and leaving where you were living before also has some loss associated with it. In some ways, yeah. maybe you're excited, but there's also a loss associated with where you're leaving behind, what yeah. stage of life you're leaving behind. I think and there's a lot of emotion, a lot yeah, of emotion yeah, wrapped absolutely. up in moving. A lot of, lot of stress there. And, yeah, uh, and other stress. countries, our, our show goes out all over the world. So you might not have that American sensibility, but, you know, think about it for a second. What are you guys doing over there? Are you sorting things out? Do you have smaller spaces, bigger spaces? Uh, just, right. You know, give that a ponder. We're going to be back right after these messages. Don't touch that dial. Back on Marion Live more with Dr. Susan Bartell when we return. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. 
Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've, We've ordered, ordered No More Love, love Life Drama, drama for, for Us. Shh. Over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Um, how has clutter affected you and your relationship these days? Or, you know, you don't have to think too far back for... For some of us, Dr. Bartell, you and I were talking during or before the break about how the pressure of commingling our stuff for the millennials in particular can be so stressful. But for anybody, it's a lot to negotiate. There's a lot of charge around stuff and areas. My uh, One of our kids was telling us that he hasn't moved in with his girlfriend, but she, like, made room for his toothbrush. Like, he's got his own spot. You know, it was a big yeah. deal for them. It was that an is. epic. He called me to tell me. He didn't call. Oh, that's text, so right? sweet. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that's so great that he called to tell you. That makes me <laughs> smile. Funny. I, know, I love right? that. It's like you know, that's kind of... fantastic communication. I adore that. <laughs> but it was interesting to me that it was epic for him, right? Yes, because exactly. I, but I, I was curious. She's a scientist. And uh, okay. he said, you know, for her, it was like she's got her stuff all in her in a place. So, right. you know, she had moved something in the drawer, and there it was. You know, this, you know, he's yeah. got his front and center section for his toothbrush. Right. right. Awesome. So, but what's so. interesting about that, what's interesting really about that is that she made room for his toothbrush. It's still her apartment. Yeah. So she's giving him permission to have some space in it. So if you yeah. think about that compared to when a couple moves in together to their apart their first apartment together, then it's equal. And so she doesn't have that sort of leverage over him to say, this is how much space I'm giving you in the drawer. Yeah. Now we have to divide it in a lot more equal way, which is, I think, yeah. difficult for young adults. In general, I think sharing is hard for kids and young adults. Yeah. And this idea that we're going to have equal say on, you know, how much space you get for your toothbrush or your clothing yeah. or whatever is is quite different exactly you know, which brings us right so another related to this in the spare foot survey was a question about how long they wondered how long a couple should date 
before they even talked about moving in together. And I think that's, oh, that's an important sort of element of this in that you really have – sometimes people move in together so quickly because it's financially so much easier to be living together and splitting everything. Mm-hmm. But the reality is to get to know someone well enough to see, one, if you're compatible, and then to be able to have these conversations, like the one your son is having with his girlfriend, like, I need my toothbrush here if I'm going to sleep over. Mm-hmm. How long does it take before you can comfortably have frank conversations with each other? And so, Yeah, well, the, let, yeah I, I'm going to jump in here and say, do you not think this is fascinating? You will make love with someone, the most intimate thing you can do with another human being on, on some yeah. level. And yeah. yet, you know, negotiating you, you, where you're going to You don't want to your... talk. <laughs> it, it is. Like, what it's, is that about? Say you know what? Yeah. That. It's that right? is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. And, you know, that's a whole different topic. But I think really what it comes down to, because I work with a lot of teenagers and young adults, I don't think they think about sex the way older generations did. I don't think they value it as intimacy in the way yeah. we did. You know, I see oh, yeah. talking to my patients, talking to my own kids. Uh, I also have young adult, um, three young adult children. And I don't think that there is the same level of anxiety about, about sex the, the way it used to be. So they don't, yeah. they almost put it on a lower, easier level than having converse, intimate conversation. Yeah, I think we need to do another show about that. But, uh, yeah, yes. bookmark you know, that, everybody. Stay tuned for that program because we're going to get into it about topic. that. But, you know, circling back around to the idea of, you know, sharing space with our stuff and then, you know, at what point does other people's stuff start to interfere with the relationship dynamics? We named one or two of them, which is, when you want to get rid of your partner's stuff after you've already moved in and you don't tell him. Another one of the areas that came up that we haven't talked about yet is um, what if you uh, actually have something uh, from a previous relationship or just something you don't want your partner to know about stuff-wise? Let's talk about that because that was part of the study as well. That was. So 44%, this is high, of millennials, said that they have an item from an ex that they don't want their partner to know about. 44%. Think about that. What is, I, I think about that, that statistic a lot because what does it say about the relationship that you're in? Yeah. That you haven't been able to let go of something from the past, that you're still keeping yeah. it. What does that say about your relationship? And that yeah, you can't casually say, you know what, I have this watch from my ex. It's, the, doesn't, the ex means nothing to me, but it's a really great watch, so I'm keeping it. What, that you're hiding. So what, yeah. what does that the say? The hiding about, about, part is the thing, right? That's hiding thing. it is the part hiding. of it. I think if you're not hiding it, it's not a big deal. Yeah, right. And you're like, least hey, let's give both your, use this thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at least it gives your partner the opportunity to say, that makes me super uncomfortable. Please yeah. get it away. Yeah, I'm going to so you're not giving them here. that option. Yeah, so here's the thing. This seriously came up, and it's not a thing. They were cats. My husband had been seeing a gal for a brief period of time and she thought she would buy him two cats well when we got together i just could not somehow manage it was like inheriting children you know like i wasn't ready to be a step step cat mom so my (laughs) husband and i we couldn't get past it and we found a really great home for them but uh, it, it was a big deal. Like, it was her. I didn't want to have to think of her every time I snuggled that cat. I was too immature at the time. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. You know, All right? I don't even think that's immaturity. I think that's real. Yeah, I think it was bringing you. something. 
bringing I'm something to an old relationship. That. <laughs> I don't think that's immature <laughs> at all. I mean, she still resents that he missed Gaston. That was Gaston's name. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so I, I think it's com- completely understandable, actually. Right. Well, thank you. And what do you think are some other things people hide? Like, what are some things your, your clients have told you they're hiding? You know, they hide weird things. They Sometimes they hide in like, pictures. underwear. Oh, pictures. Underwear. But weird things, yeah. yeah. Sometimes they hide jewelry or just keep yeah. the jewelry and don't tell their significant other that it was from the ex. That's a common one, yeah. that they keep the yeah. jewelry and they never identify where it was from. Got so it. That ex, the, the, the current partner would never know that this was yeah. from an ex. Um, yeah. that's, a, that's a common one. Or it could be anything. Sometimes it's just a mug and they just... You know, sometimes it's letters, love letters that they hide yeah. keep in their secret box in the attic. Um, yeah, and I, and I think it happens more often than you'd imagine. Yeah, and I was just going to say that this study, if we followed it forward, and you wonder if the people break up, like you said, there, there's something, if you're not letting go of what came before, you're not really making space for this relationship to flourish well, in all the ways 100%. that it can. Yeah? Yep, that's exactly what I think. I think there's something in the relationship you're currently in that's that's not quite worked through yet if you haven't been able to let go of love letters or T-shirts or whatever it is. Yeah, So, exactly. yeah, I think that's fascinating. And it does speak also to probably a, a, even a bigger personality issue of, of being more of a someone who holds on to things or more of a hoarder-type person. Maybe not that extreme, but the type of person who has a hard time letting go and saying goodbye are the types of people who tend to have more stuff than their partner wants them to have. They just... Yeah, there's definitely that. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk about the stuff itself and the energy of the stuff, because I'm interested in this part. Like sentimentality, you've collected something. You know, you could really get into it over negotiating the importance of the things. And then we're going to talk about the generations, which generations are downsizing and not. We return right here on Marion Live. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back in just a minute more with Dr. Susan Bartell. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about CORE Certification, Certificate of Responsible Relationships www.marianlive.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships 
Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area. www.mariannelive.com What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, for sure you're not crazy. You've been looking for that thing forever. It's in the garbage. Be with it. (laughs) That sweatshirt, that those shoes that sink to high heaven, the whatever it is, it's gone, okay? Your your partner can't admit it, which is a whole other conversation. We'll talk about that. But, you know, stuff is a big deal. Clutter in particular, that's what we're talking about this hour. We're coming up to the top of the hour. And let's talk a little bit about the sentimental value of things, the energetic they possess, right? Because... There are styles, you mentioned that at the beginning of the program, Dr. Bartel. Um, There are styles. Some people are minimalist. Some people like really like the visual comfort of of things around them. That aside, let's talk about the meaning of the things themselves and how that plays a role here. Right. So some people have very strong attachments to things, and it's very often – because they feel like they're going to need it in the future. And they're very upset at the idea of throwing out something that they might possibly need in the future. I think that's one of the fundamental points of argument. And certainly in, in my house with my husband, I'm more of a thrower-outer, and he's more of a keeper. And what he often says to me is, I might need that. I might need it six months from now, a year from now, ten years from now. And I'll say to him, please get rid of it. If you need it 10 years from now, I'll buy you another one. Mm-hmm. Great. So well, it, that's one of yeah. the most common senses of, of passionate attachment that people have to their things. They, they're afraid, and sometimes it's how they grew up also. Money was an issue when they grew up, and they're afraid to throw things out because they're worried about wasting money. Mm-hmm. They feel guilty. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing that people are extremely attached to is pictures, albums, mm. um, Hand-me-downs. Now, this was another really fascinating part of the Sparefoot study that people, the younger generation, doesn't want to hold on to historical items from their their parents. Want to give them things that were historical in the family, that were heirlooms, and the mm-hmm. younger generations don't want them, and they need to mm-hmm. know. They don't know how to get rid of them, or they mm-hmm. or they don't want to take them in the first place. And then there are arguments mm-hmm. that ensue between parents and kids. Yeah. Absolutely. I can so relate to that one particularly. Our, we've got a couple yeah. boxes where my son gave me stuff back, and he said, I know you told me someday I might want them, but why don't you keep them for me then? <laughs> yeah, that's his, exactly his way of saying he doesn't want it. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Yeah. You know, they, what, do you know, what do you mean you don't want your first baby blanket that looks yeah. like it's, you know, the dog yeah, They're not it. interested. <laughs> they're not, not really, interested. really not interested. And, there's, and even photographs. 
They don't want it. Everything now is online. Every single picture you ever take is yeah. on your phone or on your computer. Yeah. So when you hand them albums, they're not interested in taking those yeah. to their tiny little apartments. They want yeah. to leave them in your house, maybe look at them sure. once every 10 years, but they're not interested in inheriting them. And for parents, right. that feels like a huge blow to their ego because they've been holding on to these things for so long to then hand them yeah. down to the next generation. But the next generation so, doesn't want them. Yeah. So you've talked about generational differences and life, the time of life differences. You know, there's a time to downsize. Uh, there are people um, in right now, uh, a whole bunch of baby boomer folks that are downsizing. A lot of my friends Correct. are like, we don't want anything. We're letting it all go, right? Yes, but so. that's often when they want to give it to their children. They want to let oh. it go because they want to downsize, <laughs> and they expect their kids are going to take it. And then okay. there are enormous fights and blows to everyone's egos and crying. Oh, and Especially, you know, baby boomers, older generations, there's a sense as you get older in general of, like, losing your sense of self in your life as you age. Mm-hmm. That's actually mm-hmm. a whole other show. But, like, there's this sense of becoming less visible as you age. And you ah. want the next generation to keep your stuff to keep you alive. Yeah. And yeah, then they don't well, I like it. I have some of my grandma's stuff, and my great grandma's stuff, very select pieces, and I like it. I like the sense of continuity. But you know, that was no, my generation, right? As a right, I, 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 yeah, mine too. I'm, I'm you know, I, I have stuff. I a lot of the stuff that I have that I love. It's because my style is sort of an antique, yeah, you know, flea markety style. So that's yeah. now coming back around and fitting into the way I want to decorate my house. Right. Well, well let's leave to... folks, we're at the top of the hour, time has flown by, let's, let's leave folks with a couple of tips here on how to negotiate some of the clutter. Let's, let's talk about folks who have the most disparate uh, sort of personality type. What do we want to say to them if they're like, one's a keeper, one's a letter goer? What do we want right. to say to those folks? The, the most important thing to say is that you have to have conversations before you make any decisions about moving in together or about making big life changes. You need to have a conversation. That's critical. You can't just start to do what you want to do. You need to negotiate a compromise with each other. You know, maybe some things you keep and some things you don't. Maybe you do decide that you're going to put some things in storage because they're too important to give away for the one person, but you don't want them in the house. So the most important thing is communication. It's not always possible to come to an agreement. You might have to compromise and agree to have a little more clutter or a little less clutter in the house than you want. So you have to really keep in mind that your relationship is far more important than having always having it your way. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important tip I would give anybody in any argument in any relationship, that you, you have to negotiate to a midpoint as opposed to wanting everything to be the way you want it. I love it. And I'm going to throw in this fun game that my husband and I came up with. If we have to clear out, what we do is we each pick a number of items that go, and we each get to take a turn. And oh, you've got to be nice. willing. It's a really <laughs> risky game. But then we put it in what we call stuff purgatory. So it goes in a box, and if it sits there for more than six months and we don't know what it is or we don't miss it, it goes to the mm. next layer, which is to get recycled in the world. So Great. how about that for, for another I love that. little... I think, right. I think that's fabulous. I think that really speaks to the heart of compromise, and I think that's wonderful. I love it. Well, we are so glad that you're out there making it possible for us to negotiate our relationships, Dr. Bartel. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us. 
Yeah, you can come back anytime. We want to hear about the next study you have because we're all about attracting and creating healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships here. Everybody sit tight. We're going to the top there. We're going to come back for our wrap right after these messages. Everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store the original storage and organization store, and I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff, the container store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. Welcome back, everybody. As they say, move your stuff, change your life. Pay attention to your stuff. What's happening with your stuff? Well, now you don't have to worry about it. you got to study backing up. The stuff gets in the way of our relationships. So pay attention, talk about it, negotiate. And then here's the third part of your practice for today. You've got some tips and tools you're going to put into action. Go do something for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. And that doesn't mean throwing away their sweatshirt, by the way. It means something good, something they want you to do for them, all right? And uh, join us next week, same time, same place. We're going to be here uh, at Marion Live. Daniel Dulski, uh, sorry, Danielle Dulski, uh, Woman Most Wild. Three Keys to Liberating the Witch Within. I'm going to be talking about witchy women and uh, the witch within us all during this time of year. And uh, happy birthday to you, anybody out there who's an October baby or whatever you're celebrating. Make it a good one. I wish you every blessings. Until next time, take care.